You're listening to The Camel Cast. We're your hosts, Jackie Smith and Lisa Vogley. Hey, Camel fans, it's Lisa Vogley. Thank you for tuning in to episode number two. I'm here with my co-host, Jackie Smith. You ready to rock and roll, girl? Let's do this. Today is episode two of our Camel Cast podcast, and we couldn't be more excited to be here with you guys again this week, chatting all things about Connecticut College. But ladies and gentlemen, I learned A, last week that I kept calling you viewers, and quickly I learned that you're not viewers, you're listeners. So rookie podcast mistake number one. And number two, we're going to have a guest. So this is not just a two-man party, it's a three-man party. So let's just cut to the chase, Jax. Let's welcome Nesbitt. Norman Norm Riker. Welcome. Yeah, welcome Norm. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm honored. I really am. So to get this started a little bit, um, you know, Norm, I'd love for you to share kind of your background with our listeners and uh, tell them a little bit something about yourself before we get into this conversation. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm just honored to be on, on the show in the Camel Cast. This is great. I love what the energy you guys bring. I love the uh, idea behind it. And, um, you know, so I'm just, thank you for having me on. Uh, I think the, the way to start it is I, I'm, I'm an island boy. I'm a free range kid. I, I grew up in Block Island. Like, um, you know, the way you got around was you walked, you, you, you know, you hiked, you had to go places, you know, there's all kinds of different things. Um, that you had to do kind of on your own. Playing sports was pickup, um, and you played with anyone from seven to seventy. You know, we'd go, we'd go downtown like sometimes after school, and you just hang out in the parking lot, and then the street hockey would pick up, and it'd be Ed McGovern at at forty, there'd be my brother at four, and me running around at you know at six or seven, and that's just how it was. It was kind of this way of living. Um, and my sister was like, "This kid's got energy. Let's bring him off the island and get him to a soccer camp, or get him to a." <laughs> Uh, a soccer club. So I ended up coming over to Stonington and playing in the Stonington Como. But my first camp I ever went to of any kind of, of um, you know, with kind of any kind of organization was a Connecticut College soccer camp. Um, and I was nine or 10 years old. And that was the first time I stepped on the Connecticut College campus. Um, it was absolutely stunning. The, one of my first memories of playing the game was literally on Freeman Field at camp. Um, and so cool. it was a great experience, you know, so I think that's kind of how it starts. That is so cool, Norm. That's full really cool. circle example. Yeah, you you mentioned your sister got you into it. You got a lot a lot of siblings at home. What's what's going well, on at home? This is um, this is funny. Yeah. So um, first of all, just um, you know, um, to to my mom and dad, Paul and Kathy Riker, they have now passed on. They're dancing up in the clouds um incredible role models um legends in their own way we would my dad was the chief of police of block island and my mom was the first lady of block island and uh <laughs> they were just they're just incredible people and and god bless them and they're up there now um holding hands walking around in the, the streets of heaven for sure um but uh let's give an amen had, to that and amen amen to that <laughs> uh and uh so it was funny we you know we have we joke as a family we have two litters there's a long island litter and the Block Island litter. So I have an older brother who is 18 years older than me. Um, that's brother Paul. And then I have my sister, Pat, 15 years older than me. My sister, Jan is 12 years older than me. Then there was a big gap, 12 years. So I'm a legitimate mistake 
Um, like this, this was, this was just, this was not made up. This is this was a mistake. It, it was, um, out of left field. And then they're like, well, we made one mistake. We might as well give him someone to play with. So there came my brother, Jerry. Um, and, uh, on Black Island, we called him Blackberry Jerry. Um, cause we just, the blackberries in August and September, which is, uh, Jerry's always be eating blackberries. Um, again, so free range. um, so anyway, my sister, Pat, um, ended up having her own family and let's um, another story for another day but her two boys that um, she married a widow so she had um, and, and uh, had two sons Todd and Pete they were Jerry and I are the same age as Todd and Pete so it's just this instant kind of you know kind of other family so we would come over to Stonington and Mystic and go to the soccer camps at Connecticut College and Pat was a major influence in my athletic career um, in my athletic life um, and she still is. Um, she does. She, she's a yogi. Um, she's run marathons. She's skis. She's a black belt in judo. Um, she she actually is a guest speaker in my essentials and fitness and wellness class. She teaches my my team yoga uh, at Connecticut College. Obviously, my dad was a big influence as well. But Pat really is um, an incredible influence for me. Um, comes to all my games. Um, talks to our team. And so you know, kind of have you have a, a sister, an aunt, and a mother all kind of in one, and a friend. Um, so yeah. that's kind of, yeah, how it, how it happened. Does anybody else in your family, did they play or coach soccer? My, my brother, younger brother, Jerry now is, um, he's got two young kids. So now all of a sudden he's calling me up saying, you know, coach, I need some, I need some, some, some help. So he's a, he's a youth, youth coach in, uh, in Massachusetts. Jerry was a fabulous athlete. Um, left-footed player. Block Island has this crazy left, it's left-handed island. It's a crazy percentage of people on Block Island that are left-handed. Like, I want to say over 50% of the island's left-handed. It's, it's crazy. Gotta be so something in that was, water. Yeah, yeah, my, something in the water, yeah. My brother, uh, my brother left, was left-handed, left-footed, was a great, great athlete, is now coaching his kids. Cool. I think people, it would be fun for people to know that you're actually a lacrosse player and soccer. So a little shout out to our lax world. But um, Coach Norm was my assistant coach at one point just for a fun day, right? So it was an awesome, he knows how, it was an awesome week. He knows, know? Oh, awesome week. Sorry, sorry. And he yeah. knows, so you know how to cradle the, the stick a little bit and shoot the rocket. So do you want to tell anybody about your little lacrosse background before – we get into it. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is this is this is funny. All right. So basically, I grew up in Block Island, um, and there lots of space out there. There, there. there was <laughs> lots of lots of room, lots of lots of open field. So I could dribble a soccer ball and kick it. I couldn't keep it close to me though. Um, you know, and I had a you know I could get in behind defenses and all that. But when it came to playing at the next level and going and playing, um, you know, with just when you got to a certain age. Um, you know, basically my skills, you know, got, got in my way or lack thereof. Um, so lacrosse ball, you could pick it up and carry it. And so that was helpful because I didn't have to dribble <laughs> the soccer. You know, I could pick up the lacrosse ball and run with that thing. Um, and with so, a deep pocket, too. A and with pocket. a deep pocket, exactly. So that was, that was a great way. But at the end of the day, I ended up going to uh, boarding schools because of how small Block Island was. Um, and just to kind of get a, you know, I just was fortunate. There was some um, people in our community that was able to kind of uh, reach out and work with my family to get me to go to the rectory school in Pomfret, Connecticut for two years, eighth and ninth grade, and then on to Suffield Academy, um, which I went to high school for, and then on to Springfield College. But because of the prep school background, I picked up lacrosse. 
And uh, I was just ended up being a better lacrosse player than I was a soccer player. But the beautiful game is my first love. And, um, you know, full circle again, I'm back coaching it um, and, and have always, you know, I've always stayed involved in the game. Footy all the way. Footy all the way. I love that. So, Norm, you are the women's soccer coach, obviously, here at Connecticut College. And, um, yeah, did we forget uh, to mention that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, well, you know, he's big time. Everyone knows who Norm is, right? Um, so, you know, I'm lucky enough to share uh, across the hall neighbors down in the, in the athletic center at Connecticut College. And, um, you know, we, we do get a chance to chat a lot about recruiting and, and how things are going and how your team has been. And so I guess just give us a, a quick update on how your team's doing. And then, you know, how, how has the recruiting uh, been so far, uh, you know, this spring? It's a great question, Jackie. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I think the first with the team, you know, I think as camels and we've talked about this, it's, it's just really, in, in, it's so important that uh, the camel nation, uh, we limit our distractions, um, stay focused on the goal ahead and control what we can control. And I don't mean to throw out sayings or, or be trite, but it is so important that we do that. Um, when you compete in the toughest conference in the country, when you go to one of the best schools in the country, you know, there's no room for excuses, you know, um, and there's, there's no, we, you know, and we, we've now learned with some of our um, pro, uh, professional development we're doing, we don't want to be the victim, you know, so no. I think it's really, really important that we understand, like, we have to be able to find solutions um, in any situation that comes our way. We have to be able to stay focused on what we can control. And you gotta, you gotta be able to, you know, grind it out, ha have the grit to, to compete and stay focused on that. And that is mental toughness, it's heart, it's, it's, it's also community and family. So right now with our team, we've talked a lot about, you know, <clears throat> controlling what you can control and staying very um, positive and, and keeping a routine going and getting better at home. You know, we always talk about getting better when no one's watching. And I think the NESCAC is a great example of that, all of our restrictions that we have um, academically. And I think it's really important that our, our players really buy into that. And the buy-in is so, so important. And we just don't have time for anyone uh, that kind of gets caught up in the distractions of this. Now, again, doesn't mean we can't listen and we can't, you know, help talk people through difficult times. I think that's all part of the education. But the mentality has to be strong. And it has to be that one camel mentality that we're all in this together. We all got to work through it together. And there's obviously a lot of questions out there that we don't know about. And that brings some anxiety. But again, back to what I think we are all trying to teach our student athletes at Connecticut College. You know, that, that's real. Those, those, those questions are out there. But we got to be where our feet are. We have to be present. We have to push through it. And we have to, again, control what we can control. Yeah. It's great to hear not just, you know, the spring sports kind of having to navigate this landscape. I think everybody, when it first hit, didn't know timeline. And I think now, um, after time, it gets a little bit more real, I think, for people. In the beginning, some people were maybe a little bit unsure and maybe didn't think it was going to affect them. But now, as we're in, what, month two? Month two and a half of, of having to navigate this, it's... Um, I think it's really cool to see our department come together, as you said, Norm, where we're not making excuses, we're not trying to play the victim. So we're kind of, what we preach is exactly what you're saying, that we got to 
do and be the example for our kids and our players because they're definitely not they're looking at us every single day when we're on campus when we're coaching them when we're in the office and so now more than ever we got to be that example when we're talking to them on a zoom call or checking in so i think that's absolutely great what you said i'd love to hear a little bit about your recruiting thoughts through this time mm. frame in our first episode Jackie and I were talking about how women's basketball and lacrosse are going through some of their most pivotal time frames for recruiting the class of 2021. Um, you know, soccer, I think, is as uh, on that same time frame as we are or agenda as we are. But talk to us a little bit about your recruiting landscape and your thoughts on, you know, the juniors, what they can do how they should be communicating to you personally, how you coach Riker at Connecticut college like to be contacted and for your specific sport, do you have any techniques or, or key things that recruits can do to be a camel for you? Um, bring me back to that two things very quickly. Our team to speak, you asked about the team first, our team, yeah. the first thing that they said is guys, we have to work um, and we have to stay focused because you can you imagine what it must be like for women's lacrosse for 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 the track players or track athletes who went out to um, Tennessee and had to drive back home again, you know, to not be able to put closure to your season, to not be able to compete in the for the in the game you love. All of our women are incredibly, um, you know, they they empathetic, sympathetic to to the situation you're in, and I think that that drives them. They they recognize that something has been taken away from their, their, their sisters and their brothers in the Camel Nation. And, and they feel, you know, that they have to do everything they can to try to, you know, again, to just keep pushing and not, and stop, stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Stop making excuses. Look, you know, it's all someone, you know, there's a team that didn't get their season. Yeah. You know, we have to keep working, working. So, and that's across the board for my players. And I didn't prompt that. And that just speaks to kind of to the kind of players and, and people we all have in our programs. The other piece of this is, you know, I, I never, I say this, I, I never ask my team to do something that I haven't done or that I'm not willing to try. And I think that's putting your money where your mouth is. And I think that, again, leadership is about that, right? And we have to be strong and we, and we have to be consistent um, and we have to be level-headed in a difficult time. And we also have to be good listeners. And I think that, uh, that we're trying to do all this stuff and different stuff, but we're telling our players, you got to stay fit. And I, look, I watch our department and I think of all the things that we're doing, especially you two, um, you know, with kind of this podcast, with um, a senior spotlight, with the coaches stuff that we're doing online, um, with the virtual visit day that we had. I mean, we're, 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 we're putting our money where our mouth is as well and, and pushing the envelope to be the best we can be in a difficult time. And I think that speaks to our culture at Connecticut College. I think it speaks to our family community that we have. And I think it speaks to the strength of our coaches. And I'm really proud to be part of that. Um, with that said, you know, I, I kind of feel I kind of feel like recruiting has been interesting in the last couple of years for me um, for a lot of reasons. One, you know, I'm 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 in my 50th year. Um, you know, I turned 50 in the fall. I mean, I get this. I I, I kind of have been through it. Um, <laughs> but what's happened is I'm the same age as a lot of the parents that whose kids I'm recruiting. Um, so okay. I have, I, I have that, you know, kind of, I have also with a daughter who's a student athlete, um, at the college level. And I have an, uh, a senior, um, high school senior who is basically now off to, off to college and just went through the process. Where is she going? You know, 
Um, so Isabel, my oldest, um, is at uh, Union College. Yep. yep. And she, she uh, plays women's soccer at Union College. And, um, and my youngest daughter, Sophia, is a senior at East Lime High School and will be running track or jumping at, at Hamilton College. Um, oh. Yeah, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, so, you know, it's funny. So, so look, I've, I've driven four hours and, and not seen my daughter playing a game, you know. Um, I've watched my youngest daughter, you know, struggle with concussions and other injuries, you know. Um, I've watched also a, a situation happen where, you know, one of my, my youngest daughter didn't get into the, the place where she applied early decision and we thought that she was going to go. Uh, that would remain nameless. Um, but, uh, you know, that wasn't handled well. And, um, and, and, you know, to have that, all these different setbacks, like I can speak to these parents about life as a college parent, you know, and understand mm-hmm. kind of the situation that's, that, that the angst that they have when that hair goes up on their neck. Um, you know, I mean, so I'm in their shoes. I get it. Um, at the same time, I'm watching my daughters and look, you're only as happy as your saddest kid. I mean, as a parent, I've heard that. that is just that, that is just the absolute way it is. I mean, it just doesn't matter. You're only as happy as your saddest kid. And look, when you're an athlete and you're and you're you have injuries, you have setbacks, you don't play, you know, you don't have a great experience. Like, you know, you take that home and you, you know what your daughters and your sons are going through. And the last thing I want to do as a coach is is replicate that. I'm not sitting there trying to, to make my players' lives miserable. I'm not trying to not recruit kids that want to come to con. I'm not trying to send an email to or a phone call to a, a recruit and saying, look, this isn't going to work. Like, I get all those things. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be honest. I'm trying to be upfront. I'm trying to be a good listener and sympathetic. Um, and, but we also need to do the best that we can for our program and for Connecticut college and, and get the right fit that is going to help us be successful. Um, so I feel like I kind of have all, all the, the, the kind of boxes checked for any recruiting questions and, or feelings and emotions that could come, come our way or my way. Um, and, and, and I tried to do the best I can to be honest. Um, and, uh, and, and kind of look at the big picture, but um, it's, it, this has certainly posed some new challenges that we have. You're certainly relatable, to say the least. For sure. Yeah. So, so, Norm, my, my question for you, you know, Lisa and I were chatting about it last week, is with the, the new challenges that we have, right? So I, I've seen it. You have recruits come in on campus, they sit in your office, and you have all the box checks checked so you can crush it and answer all their questions and you know you're doing it face to face now you can't you know like now these these kids can't come on campus they aren't you know playing in their typical tournaments with their club teams so communication is a big part of recruiting and it's certainly been thrown a curveball so in your opinion you know we all have our own preferences but how would you how do you want to be communicated to I recruit like if you were going to give some advice to some of these younger players that are struggling right now kind of navigating this new landscape of recruiting what is it that you're looking for what are some some things that you found helpful or you would like to see from a recruit so like thank you Jackie that's a great question um and I think the first thing I've tried to do is I've let all of our recruits know there's no timeline anymore you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, we had this idea of a calendar. We had this um, idea of 
what a timeline should be or what we want it to be. And that it, it, we can't work with that anymore. That, that's out the window. It doesn't mean we can't kind of have some guidelines, but my feeling is, is your family okay? Are you okay? Um, you know, there's no, you, we don't need to add any more stresses to these families and to these students, um, you know, prospective student athletes. Now, they might want to know, and I think there's just, but we don't need to put them in a situation where they have to make a decision for the wrong reasons. Um, and I try to just be genuine and explain that. Um, and I think from that, to understand, like, yeah, I had a, a, a system and a formula that we would use, and that's, that's different now, you know? And I think it's case by case, and, and you have to be able to read the room. And the situation is they can't get to campus and, and, they, and they, they, they aren't playing live. So we're, my kind of idea has been we're, we're pushing this forward. We don't need to make any decisions right now. We need to communicate, um, whether that be text, email, you know, face-to-face -face on, the, on the computer, um, or you know, just understand that, that this, is, this is unique and we're going to work through it. If, 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 it's, if it's April, 30th of 2021 and you're finally making a decision then it's april 30th of 2021 it, it doesn't matter and actually i just had one of my alumni mackenzie kingston you know i don't think she ever left the field as a camel she won an scac championship was all region um just a great player for us and an even better person um she made her decision april 30th at 11:30 p.m yeah. of her senior year that's awesome. Um, and I know, yeah. And I know if I pushed her, I'd have pushed her away, you know? And so you just work with people. It's a case by case. Um, and it's a situation that we have to be sympathetic to. And the idea that I have there is just to make sure all the families know that. Now, we obviously have your, still have your tiered recruiting. Um, we have some people that we're discussing and talking with um, a little bit more than others. But I think I'm trying to keep everybody in the mix um, and yet not pressure anyone to make a decision that would be, I think, inappropriate. Um, but let everyone know that we're here, we're, we, we're, we're, we care, and we're trying to figure this out as we move forward. Um, and I think that that's where honesty is my best policy. Then I don't have to remember what I said. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Can I come play for you guys? I was a great stopper <laughs> up until 12th grade when I didn't have a name. That's fine. <laughs> um, you no, on a serious note that's that's really um you hit it all you hit all the marks as you normally do i would not expect anything less from you i think any listener especially whether you're a women's soccer interest or basketball or lacrosse or whatever i think um it's really reassuring to know that there are coaches out there who are not pressuring or and hopefully a lot of coaches are are taking the same path that you are uh, we talked about in our first episode how it is kind of stressful because we have a job to do and recruiting. If you're not recruiting every day, you're not doing your job is kind of my motto. But it is, I've had to change my feelings and my anxiety levels because right now for me personally, this is, you know, the end of college season, getting ready for mm -hmm. the big summer recruitment. So you just kind of ease my fears a little bit, so or stress. Well, good. <laughs> I think to, to, to also thank you, Lisa. Um, I think also you know Jackie, you a couple of things that we're doing. So I, I want to say we have a transfer that's going to come in. We're ex really excited. Um, I was able to have a Zoom call with, um, and I've been talking on the phone with 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 the with the transfer, uh, but we're able to have a Zoom call with the family. Um, and for, it was 75 minutes 
Um, and we talked about, about all kinds of things. My, 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 my point was is that it just was one of those things where you, you couldn't, like you really got to know each other, you know, and it, we can do that over the, you know, you can't, you know, you can't hide bad habits for 75 minutes, you know what I mean? Like you, you're gonna, your true colors are coming out somewhere. Uh, whether it be a bickering or, or, you know, whatever it might have been. It, we just had a great experience, though. And, and that family, from that experience, recognized that Connecticut College was a place for her daughter to get a new start. And so did so the recruit. And I think that that was a really healthy thing that we did. I'm That's also awesome. busting out. I'm also busting out the old, the old postcard again. There it is. Okay. Yes. A little handwritten note. Okay. The postcard is coming back. Yes. Um, All about old, handwritten An old favorite notes. of mine. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a little personal touch. We talked about to, that in uh, our first recruit. episode, right, Jax? We said maybe recruiting now is going to turn into the old school way of like when I was being recruited in 2002, 2001, you know, you waited by the mailbox to get like a handwritten letter or like a letter from a coach. Um, so it looks like we're going back in time, which was the good old days. Yeah, well, there's some really good, there's some really good things that we used to do that we, we aren't doing anymore. The phone calls, great. We also recognizing how easy it is to Zoom with kids. Um, and then the postcard, I think, is a great way to say, hey, we're here, we care, and here's a personal touch. I Sorry, told Jackie. recruits we're going to become pen pals. <laughs> well, I think, uh, and this is just, this is totally off the cuff and, and not really what we were going to ask you about, but it, it just kind of spurred a, a thought for me. You know, when, when you think about, like, again, my experience prior to getting to Connecticut College, I was flying all over the world recruiting. And, you know, since I've been at Con, it's, you know, our, our recruiting budget isn't as, as big. So, you know, the, the capability of being able to get out and, and recruit out of region um, isn't as easy at, as, you know, my previous institutions. But now, you know, and I know, Norm, you have some people playing for you, you know, from the West Coast. and we have quite a few recruits at Connecticut College at all of our programs from all over the country, all over the world, really. Um, do you find that because you're able and comfortable to get on a Zoom and talk for 75 minutes, do you think you're going to now be able to diversify your roster and, and really start to dig in and, and recruit all over the place because you have the capability now of having these conversations virtually? Uh, I do. I think it, um, it, it really opens up um, a, an avenue that is always, it's been there, but like we've always talked about, um, you know, like how do we get, you know, diverse populations or people from small towns in the Midwest or wherever it might be. I mean, this is an easy way to kind of at least start a connection um, and for them to get um, kind of a sense of a place, whether it be virtual, a virtual tour that you put together, Jackie, but it's that face-to-face -face piece that, um, that, that, that can happen. And you know, this is a thing that we could do potentially you know, you know, through when they get back to school, but like obviously a, a student can use a school computer to be able to have this kind of conversation. And I think that there's something to be, to be looked at here that's, that is important. And I think that we're on, we're on to. Yeah, I would agree. Combining the new, wor the new world with the old world, it's, it's gonna be good stuff. It is, I'm excited about it. Postcards in there. Um, Say that again, Lisa. I said postcards and Zoom. Yep, that's right. That's right. Sounds like a good recipe to me. Um, yeah. So, Norm, uh, we don't we don't want to take up too much of your time. We had we want to finish our show with a a fun little rapid fire round for you. Lisa's been um, racking her brain with different 
questions for you. And the deal is we're going to try and get you to answer as many questions as we can. And what you, what do you think, Lisa? A minute? Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably go three minutes, but I can do a minute. Three minutes. <laughs> okay, but then hold, hold that. I got it because I have to go back on the one thing that Lisa made me crack up about, and that was her doggy trees. Oh. All right? So from the pilot episode. So, you know, Block Island's pretty funny. So we, when my daughters were about 16 and 14, there was a party over at someone's house for New Year's Eve, and um, we were having a dinner party. So all the kids went over to, um, to this house that – my um, good buddy Glenn Hall was um, was gonna he was gonna be the, the chaperone at the party, and so another family came to, back to our house, and now all our kids are at that party, and um, and the dad came in. It's like this is great, you know. Annie told me that uh, that Glenn is in charge, and if you know Glenn Hall, um, you know that that's really not the case. And and my friend Callum was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Annie said Glenn is in the garage. <laughs> meaning that there was no chaperone and the dad sped out of the house went back and got his daughter and, and went home again so there's, there's another little okay so sorry i need to throw that throw that in there no, my office is now in the garage and i need to get, get <laughs> remind, reminded me of my story i'm, I'm awesome. glad that that helped i'm i'm gonna expect every uh person that we have on every guest now bring a story of that caliber to our show. <laughs> yes, I awesome. love that. We're adding it. All right, so we got a few minutes left. Norm, are you ready? I'm ready. For some burning questions. Yes. Okay. Favorite movie? Oh, um, Braveheart. Braveheart. Okay. Favorite song? Bob Dylan, Tangle Up in Blue. I knew it was Bob Dylan. All right. Favorite artist? Bob Dylan. I knew that one was going to happen too. If you were. And, and I'm going to say Monet or, or Van Gogh. Oh. Okay. Um, if you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? Um, I would be probably, uh, I'd be, I'd be actually a, a lawn, a lawn, um, like a landscaper. Oh, would you do cool designs or just? Yeah. Like, yeah. I would do all kinds of like tiered stuff and yeah. Okay. Old, like I would get funky. I would, I'd kind of be an eclectic junk collector slash landscaper. <laughs> do the circles. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay <That's so> Probably, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um tell us what you would do on your off day oh i crush the fishing so i go kayaking it's my yoga i go kayak fishing in a lot of the ponds and also out in the bay in niantic um and it's great 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 workout it's great to be one with the with the with the you know environment and i go fishing what is the biggest fish you've ever caught Probably a 40-pound striper with my good buddy Callum Crawford out on Block Island on a, uh, um, with an eel, a live eel. Did you eat it after you caught it, or do you release? Um, a lot of times we kiss and release, but in this case, we, we did keep this one. Um, you always kiss a fish, then they go back and tell the other fish it wasn't so bad up there. The guy kissed me. So um, your new nickname might yeah. be Norman Norm Fish Kisser Riker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what is your favorite meal that you can't live without or food, meal or food? Okay. So well, my wife's an incredible cook. Gabrielle um, is, is awesome. Um, so her, one of her roasted chicken meals with uh, also with the Greek lemon potatoes and asparagus. Okay. I'm down with that. All right. I think we got less than a minute. So I got one more for you. How would you describe your coaching style? 
it's now um, I lead from behind, but my players do a lot of the talking, and then we need to be upbeat. We need to kind of get the game. You got to get to keep the ball rolling. Got to keep the ball rolling. Keep playing hard. Keep getting after it. Literally got to keep the ball rolling in soccer. Nice. Jackie, awesome. that's all I got. That was that was so great, Norm. I, I just I can't thank you enough for jumping on um, and, and you know, I think the greatest part about all of this is it's it's not gonna stay just with the three of us. I think we're gonna be able to share that wisdom with the world, which is so <laughs> great. And uh Our you know, just, we're, just lucky to, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna blow up, Lise. It's gonna we blow are. up. We're gonna be I love it. I love it. You guys you guys are awesome. You crushed it and I uh, love the uh the energy you're bring to this. Thanks for joining our camel cast episode two. You have yourself a great day. You go kiss some fish, man. Mm -hmm.